Welcome to the 5511 Podcast, inspiring stories of God's power being poured out globally in the lives of ordinary people. Hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. This podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. Hello and welcome to the 5511 podcast supported by EEM, where every story is a living example of Isaiah 5511. I'm Dirk, and joining me, as always, are Brooke, Kel, and Peyton Armstrong. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Dirk. Doing good, Dirk. So, catch everybody up uh, since our last episode. Anything exciting going on in your lives? Anything new coming up? Well... For me and my family, we are just adding so many new nieces and nephews to the crew. So I am so happy since we have recorded last, I have a new baby niece. So if you know me, you know that I love to just hold all the babies. Very Um, fun. And then we will be having a new, on the other side of our family, we'll be getting our first nephew the very end of the year. Wow, the first boy. Yes, a little tiny baby boy. So we're excited. That's great. That is exciting. That is fun times. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful how family changes with the onslaught of children. Being an aunt Mm -hmm. is so nice and easy. Just yes, and then you just give them them back. back. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, when they do something that uh, you don't want to have to deal with. Oh, here, this is yours. Please take this. No punishment comes from the auntie. (laughs) Oh, no, that can't happen. You have to spoil them. You have the uh, equivalent role of a grandparent. Yes. So what's going on with you, Brooke? Well, in the next couple of weeks, I am leaving for Turkey to meet with Mm. the EEM European team. And so this is going to be our yearly annual planning retreat meeting with the team. And I'm just excited to be with everybody. It's been a difficult year for our team in a lot of ways. And I think it's going to be really precious to be together. And I'm just really prayerful about that time to connect with them and catch up and see what is in store for EEM Mm-hmm. In the upcoming months. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a good time. I wish I could be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really wish you could join us. Yeah, as audience knows, that's uh, my travel. A bit limited right now with my wife's disease, but uh, yeah. I will be where I need to be. And, Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll zoom in for some sessions. I'll get, uh, get the agenda and be zooming in. But, uh, yeah, I'll be looking to hear hear all about it when you get back that's going to be a great trip yeah we had a good uh we had a good weekend we uh or since last time we we were on here had a nice visit from some dear dear friends of ours from arkansas uh pat and donna who came to visit with my wife and stayed came in on friday and stayed friday night and saturday and then left on sunday and it was really a a good visit you know hard at times you know for them mm. Uh, yeah. Just hard for them to uh, to deal with the reality of what's mm-hmm. going on yeah, with her, but at the same time, very very encouraging and a time of really uplifting each other. Yeah. And um, you know, I find that any of these visits from people, it's always a reminder to them 
of the eternal kingdom that we're a part of. Mm, yeah. And not this earthly kingdom. And they're always encouraged by her because uh, her spirit is good. Uh, she struggles, obviously. I mean, she's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but she's smiling and um, she's funny. She She's engaging as much as she can be. And everybody leaves with a real pick me up after being with her, which that's always encouraging. It's encouraging to me to watch that. So it was a good visit. Yeah. It was really, really good. Good to good to see them that's and, great. and uh, have them here. So, so this week, our story, I kind of prompted it on our last one. This is one of my favorite stories. And because uh, it's a common name, I'm just going to call the guy Masood. But um, Masood was a gentleman that I met in Greece on my first trip over there after the refugees had been pouring into Greece, coming from Turkey, getting on those massive boats and landing on the island of Lesbos. A lot of their stories were similar, but Masood was one of the early refugees, he and his wife and his two kids. And they were in one of the early, early boats. And, and as he shared his story with me, it just really impacted me. His story is they got on one of these boats and it was an old wooden boat. So before the pirates, for lack of a better term, found that they had a real good profit center by buying these inflatable boats, he was on one of these old wooden boats and it was just packed to the gills. I mean, way overloaded. Of course, they get on it at night. He pays an exorbitant amount of money to get his wife and his daughter and his three-week-old son at the time on this boat and headed for Greece. And he said, you know, Dirk, it's dark, it's at night. The guy piloting the boat is not just a great pilot of a boat. And they're coming into the shores of the island of Lesbos, which... If you're thinking a shoreline, if you're thinking Destin, Florida, that's not it. It's more like the coastline of Maine. Very rocky, a lot of boulders out in the water. And, of course, they're coming in too low in the water because they're overloaded with people. And they're coming in too fast. And the boat hits one of these boulders. And the boat just explodes, basically, and breaks apart. And everybody falls into the night sea. He is holding his three-week-old son. Well, when he hits the water, he tells me, he loses his son. So he is feeling desperately underneath the water, feeling all around and can't find him till he's about out of breath and he comes back up just to catch a breath and go back down and he's feeling around more, feeling around more and he can't find him. He comes up again and he said there was a fire on the shoreline that was causing a beam of light to come across the water. And in that beam of light, he saw his wife and his daughter, who both had on life jackets. And he screamed to his wife, I've lost him. And he dove down again to find him. And he's just frantic, he said, just swimming around, feeling everywhere he could, and he couldn't find him. And he said, it's in this moment. I just cried out to God. I said, what are you doing? Are you trying to get my attention? If you're trying to get my attention, you've got it. I am trying to get my family to safety. I'm trying to do what's right. I will do whatever you want me to do. Just please save my son. 
and he said he's just about out of breath. He's down feeling as best as he can. He comes up to grasp another gulp of air. And when he comes up, one of the other passengers on the boat yells to him, Hey, look! And he said the front of the boat, that point of the boat, was still intact. It was floating. And sitting right on the front of that boat was his baby boy. And he swam as fast as he could over there, grabbed him. He was blue. He thought he was dead. And he swam as fast as he could to the shore following that fire that was on the shore. Because he realized, okay, if there's a fire there, there's got to be people. Well, he gets on the shore, and who greets him but a Christian nurse? Stethoscope around her neck. She grabs his baby boy, warms him up, gets him over by the fire, checks his vitals, hands him back to him and says, just keep him warm. He's fine. Then what happened in Masood's life? Masood now is a passionate follower for Jesus. I mean, all in disciple. He has spoken to Muslim groups in many different countries. He has planted churches all over the place. What he is doing for the kingdom and for Christ's church, I call him a modern-day Paul. Honestly, he is just a powerhouse, and he shares that story with everyone. But I, I was just taken with him. He has been a dear friend ever since then and just a, a wonderful servant. Yeah, Dirk, like you said, this is one of my favorite stories. And I think it's one of my favorite stories because it's just so clearly seen how God pursued Masood. Yeah. And I just think it's a beautiful picture of what that looks like today. And I think we can, the three of us can speak to God's pursuit of us. And that actually is related to the reason that we're here today on this podcast telling these amazing stories because God has pursued us. But this story, I'm so drawn to it because it is just the a beautiful picture of God's desire and pursuit of this man who then has responded in such a way that he's now pursuing the Lord and he's walking alongside other people to yeah. encourage them that yeah. God is pursuing them. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the thing that I realized in my conversation with Masood is really at that time, when he cried out to God, I'm not sure he knew what God he was crying out to, mm -hmm. but God knew. Yeah. God knew his heart. And, and it's a reminder of Jesus's words, seek, you will mm -hmm. find. Mm -hmm. Knock, yes. the door will be opened. If I am a seeker, a true, humble, contrite seeker, and I give up, which is really the spirit that you see in Masood. He gave up. Mm -hmm. I quit. I give up. I can't do this on my own, which isn't that the reality of all of us? I can't mm -hmm. do this life on my own. Mm -hmm. When we do that, you're exactly right. God is pursuing us, and that that gives the open door. And if yeah. again, if we stay the course, we always have the opportunity to close that door, be filled with pride, be filled with arrogance, be filled with whatever. That pushes God out. But uh, yeah, he pursues us. Oh, desperately yeah. pursues us. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. He, 
I think we see in scripture that God's heart is moved by us in Psalm 149. We know that we are precious in his eyes, Mm -hmm. and we see that in Isaiah 43. Mm -hmm. We know that he's concerned about us, and we see that in Job. Um, Mm -hmm. God pursues us because he desires us, and he doesn't need us, but he wants us. Yes. And um, I think just think that's why he woos us and pursues us. And looking through the Bible, there's so many examples of that. We see that with Abraham and Moses and Elijah and the disciples and the entire nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm an idiot. Why he wants me, <laughs> I'll be honest, that humbles me in and of itself. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can be a real jerk. I can be a moron. I mean, I let him down on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. when I think that the God who created this universe, as complex as that is, who created us as complex as we are, loves me and desires me, I, I, don't, I don't have any other response but to just be absolutely humbled. And in awe of that. It is so humbling. This story is is actually the first time that I've heard it spoken aloud. Um, and so there are so many details that I didn't know about this story, Dirk. And so when you when you told that story just now, um it it's so moving. It's so powerful. Um I feel like I'm kind of a first-time listener of it, and so I had to take a moment (laughs) and kind of let it all sink in. There's so many things that stand out to me in this story, but, man, I mean, God's mercy on us is immeasurable. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, he knew Masood's heart, and he, Masood got to a point where he just surrendered completely. That that is true surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord fully honors that. He fully honors our surrender. And so that's such a great reminder. Um, the Lord takes tragedy and, and challenges and what could be a tragedy with his sweet son and turns it to glorify him. Like this story is something that just makes me think o- only God, like only God could have created that outcome. Well, and that's, you know, and and I know when none of the three of us would would say this, uh, I think you guys would agree. I mean, none of us believe in in God as a genie in a bottle. That okay, this is what I want, and so I rub the bottle, and out comes my wishes. But when God right. sees the ability to use us in our brokenness, and again, not mm-hmm. that you know, we even see in Scripture, He didn't heal everybody. Right, you know, he, you know, as as many prayers as have gone up for my wife to be healed of ALS, and it isn't happening. It's not happening. So does that mean God's not listening? I'm not. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing something right. My wife's not good enough. She's not doing something right. No. no. I mean, we live in a broken world, but God is using things through her struggle with ALS. We're already seeing it, and and it's yet to be determined. God, again, their life was not all. Uh, genie in the bottle type promises. No, but he got Masood's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this way with this specific person, and knowing Masood's heart. And again, not that he makes us do things, but he and again, my 
my pea brain doesn't understand God. I never will. That's never going to happen until I get to heaven. But he knew ahead of time that, okay, Masood is going to be a phenomenal servant of mine. I'm going to get his attention and he's going to, he's going to set the world on fire for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My let's get real is it comes back to trust and trusting that God is pursuing me, even when it doesn't make sense. Okay. So even right now with the struggle that people are going through that, that, that I'm, you know, that my family's going through, you know, my, my three kids and my wife and me, you know, do we say like Job's wife said, just curse God and die? No, no. Cause God is still pursuing us and what he's doing, you know, through Masood's journey, there was hardship. He was fleeing. I mean, there was death and carnage in his history, but yeah. he stayed the course. You know, so we see this one celebration and this one victory, and we go, oh, wow. You know, God was just taking care of Masood the whole way. We forget he's a refugee. He's he's not in his home. He has no money. He has he's on a boat packed with hundreds and of other refugees and the boat breaks apart and falls in. I mean, everybody falls into the night sea, but again, he is open to pursuing God. And with that open heart, Mm -hmm. God is going to use us. Mm -hmm. He's going to break us. And it's in that brokenness that he will use us again, provided we allow him to bring healing because it's going to be through our scars. So that's my get real is, do I really allow God to pursue me? Because I think sometimes we stiff arm him. Mm. We we push him back and we have this, I'll do this on my own attitude rather than to hit our knees, humble ourselves and say, okay, I trust you. Um, And I'll do like Masood. I will do whatever you want me to do. I am yours, whatever that looks like. It may not be pretty. It may not be polished. I'm just yours. And mm-hmm. you know what's best. You see the picture that I cannot see. So I'm yours. So let's walk. Let's do this. Masood has done that. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke, you know that firsthand. You've watched what he has done. He is on fire. Oh, God is using him in ways that are just phenomenal and uh, yeah. so inspiring and so encouraging. But again, not because of pride. It's because of a selflessness mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. has and a reliance on his God, like happened in that moment. Yes. Yeah, a trust. a trust and a surrender. I think it was three years ago at this point, maybe it was four years ago in 2019, when I took a trip to visit some of our partners overseas and took a trip to Greece. I got to watch Masood baptize another fellow refugee believer. Um, and it was just amazing to see everything come full circle with my own eyes. It's just an incredible miracle. Mm-hmm. To watch God work is just awe-inspiring. It's mm-hmm. absolutely awe-inspiring. Because where we see death and destruction and terrifying events, when his people, when people give up, God makes things beautiful. Mm-hmm. He brings this rejuvenation and this peace and this hope. And yeah, we're we're dealing with ALS and in my family, 
but people who are listening, I'm sure there's cancer, there's there are other terminal diseases, whether it be health, whether it be financial, which again, things of this earth that we mm-hmm. rely on. And that's where our hope goes away is when we put reliance in things of this earth. Mm-hmm. Because those things are going to let us down every single that's time. Right. So my get real is how much am I surrendering? Mm-hmm. And I know you are still pursuing me. You have not left me. You never will leave me. You are still with me. So now it comes to me. All right. I have to believe that and I have to trust. That trust for me, I think, comes to, I need to take a step back and say, okay, do I actually believe that God pursues me? Do I fully believe that he draws near to me? Um and I know that that question can seem like, well, yeah, of course I believe that he does that. It says it, it says it in his word. But do I fully, like, truly believe that he draws near to me? And I think that that can be so prevalent in, in your prayer life. Um, I saw this the other day. It, it said, reword your prayers instead of saying, God, please be near to me. God, please draw near to me. God, God honors that. He hears us. He, he sees our heart in that, and I believe that. But I think that we should reword that to God. I know yes. that you're near me. Your word yes. says that Absolutely. you pursue so me. Good. So help me to believe your promises. Help me to believe that. Instill in me a belief that knows that you are near me when I am struggling, when there is heartbreak. Um, Amen. I think for me, I can, I, I believe what God says when he says, if you do this, destruction will happen. Don't do this or this will happen. Um, I like boundaries. I like borders. I like his rules. Um, they help me to stay on track. And so sometimes I have to take a step back and say, well, do I believe the good too? Do I believe that? Do I believe truly believe his promises as well yeah because because he's going to call us out like for masood i can guarantee you where he ended up going was not what he had in mind right i mean to leave the muslim faith to become a disciple of jesus and to be doing what he is doing now that wasn't in the picture but he trusted and he walked through the door and there are there are going to be places God's going to send us where we're going to look up and go, really, is this is this it? Okay, but but then it really comes to what you guys said. Do I trust? Because that's the belief, right? Mm-hmm. We pray sometimes with a total lack of trust and belief. Honestly, I think you were you were spot on, Peyton. That was so good. I just think that really challenges me personally too. How can I just refocus and reword my prayers like you said Dirk to be more faith-filled prayers and another one of my prayers is God stir my faith stir my faith give me more faith and help me with my belief I think that's a great challenge for us three and for our audience to just take a step back and kind of examine your your daily prayer life I kind of challenge that for everybody and and myself included to Reword your prayers that that show that you know that God's word is true, and um, to help Him 
put more faith and belief and trust in your heart. Amen. Guys, great conversation. Uh, I knew this episode was going to be a, it, that story is always inspiring to me and uh, for our audience. Uh, again, we would love for you to tell a friend about 5511 Podcast and to go on to whatever platform you're listening to this on and write us a review, rate us, and obviously share it with others. Thanks for being with us. And next week, another fun story. We'll only have 10 episodes in this first season, so this is episode 7, so we only have three more to go. And uh, the stories are going to get even more challenging and more fun. And uh, hopefully you walk away from each episode as we do with a greater reliance on our God and a just an awestruck spirit toward the amazing God that we all get to serve. So, Peyton, Brooke, thanks again for a great episode. We'll see everybody next time. You've been listening to the 5511 Podcast, hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. It's edited by David Wilkinson. The 5511 Podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. To learn more about how you can partner with EEM, go to eem.org. And we'll leave a link for you in the show notes. We'd also love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. And we'll be dropping a new episode every other Tuesday.